Good morning. It's seven minutes after 10 o'clock at 1035. Jennifer Bukowski, who has spent a great deal of time taking notes and looking over her report on uh, Joe Biden. She's going to be with us as a criminal defense attorney. I'll be curious to see what she thinks of some of the uh, conclusions that her came to. Um, She uh, also uh, wants to talk about Nikki Haley and her husband. Uh, Georgia judge is going to hear evidence on the relationship uh, between uh, the Trump prosecutors. There may be some steam in there that uh, that is uh, starting to escape. Uh, And uh, meet the woman who helped pay for that RFK Super Bowl ad that we talked about yesterday. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we've got a couple of other things to, uh, to chat about. Uh, inflation is not doing as well as people had hoped. Apparently, uh, it's still a problem. Uh, don't look at the stock market today because uh, it's taking a hit. It'll, it'll just make you, it'll just depress you a little bit. Um, I, I've got the whole report here and apparently, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's causing people to sell. Uh, they're afraid of where we're going here. Uh, I've also got some climate information, too, that I will be sharing. So uh, that's uh, that's where we're at right now. Um, the uh, This inflation thing, I... I kind of think they're going to have to uh, keep the uh, the interest rates up. I don't think they can uh, shorten. I don't think they can lower them. It, it, it's just not. It's it's just not coming down. Um, the, the consumer prices have gone up. Prices rose more than expected in January as inflation won't go away. This again is CNBC. It's not Fox News. Um, and I always point that out because you expect you're going to say, "Well, Fox News will they'll paint the the, the picture that's uh, best for conservatives," uh, but uh, MSNBC and CNBC certainly won't. The consumer price index increased three tenths of a percent in January, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, on a 12 month basis. That came out to 3.1, uh, down from uh, 3.4 in December. Shelter prices uh, accounted for much of the rise, climbing six-tenths of a percent. I just saw, Brian, a report on rent that rent is going through the roof. Yeah, it's crazy right now. It's insane. Um, stocks uh, of, of have just taken a dive. And uh, let me just, I'm just curious. I'll, I'll take a, a quick look uh, here in a minute. Uh, inflation rose more than expected in January as stubbornly high shelter prices weighed on consumers, the uh, Consumer Price Index, broad-based uh, 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 measure of the prices that shoppers face for goods and services across the economy, increased three-tenths of a percent for the month. Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, uh, says that on a 12-month basis, that came out to 3.1% down from 3.4% in December. Their, their target is what, 2%? They're not even close. And it's not like people aren't noticing. You go to the store. I mean, I, Gwen and I both buy groceries, and it it's like just just the groceries I buy. It's a hundred bucks a week, and I'm not buying much. I'm buying salad and and chicken, and um, I mean, it just it shouldn't be that expensive. 
Bidenomics apparently isn't working. I know that's a surprise. You're probably all stunned. The Republicans are just getting in the way of, you know, the inco- the economy improving. No, it's big grocery, Brian. Oh, well, that too, yes. Big gas stations. <laughs> and uh, it's anytime, anytime the Democrats do something that uh, that that results in a you know a bad effect, which is pretty much any time the Democrats get away with anything, it's somebody else's fault. It's somebody else's fault. Look, we planned this all out, we got it all fixed, and then uh, these people responded to those <laughs> tax increases, and uh, boy, it's their fault. They should have taken the hit for us. It's it's uh, it's just the way they are. It's just the way they are. Uh, 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. I always tell you that um, an earned monopoly is is harmless. And the definition of, I guess, uh, in layman's terms, of an earned monopoly is we created a product that satisfies more people on a variety of levels, quality, price, availability, than anybody else. And so we dominate the market. That's an earned monopoly. Well, the other side of the coin is a government-protected monopoly. And those are never, uh, those are never good. Government schools are a government-protected monopoly. The post office, government-protected monopoly. Um, they don't have to innovate. They don't have to do things better. They don't have to worry about competition because the government guarantees that they will exist no matter what. And there is a story in the Wall Street Journal about T-Mobile. And apparently the uh, the antitrust people were up in arms. Uh, woman Eleanor Fox, trade regulation and antitrust uh, professor at New York University, told reporters, "It's hard to know if it, you know if this isn't if this merger is not anti-competitive. Hard to know what is." A whole bunch of other uh, people did too. They were saying that that uh, T-Mobile and Sprint shouldn't be able to get together. It's going to cut down competition. Blah blah blah. Well. They were allowed anyway to uh, to merge, and the predictions were all wrong. Average monthly mobile subscription fees dropped sharply. In the three years before the merger, according to the government uh, price data, mobile charges uh, declined in real terms by 8%. In the three years following the merger, uh, down by 12%. The trends were even more impressive given... Uh, dramatically improving network performance. In other words, as an earned monopoly, prices came down, quality went up. There should be no antitrust laws. The government has no business telling somebody, uh, they had no business doing it to Standard Oil, they had no business doing it to anybody else. If it's an earned monopoly, if if they're not stealing, lying and cheating, they're just you know, buying up the competition, it should not be against the law. All right, uh, on uh, the spending bill, Dennis is on the line. Dennis, good morning. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a question, a couple of questions. On, on this Senate bill, I just saw it this morning that uh, 29 voted against. I'm hoping those are Republicans and the yeah. other rhinos can 
kiss my you know what, but w- w- when they write a check, okay, we're sixty billion is going to Ukraine, which is the black hole. We know that, but there therein lies my question. When we say we're going to give them sixty billion dollars. If I write a check to somebody, I know where it's going. I'm getting something in return. Where in the heck, where, first of all, where does, is it, does it come in cash? Do we give them a check? What, once they get it, how's it transferred to them? And what in the hell do they do with it? That's my question. And the second <laughs> one is, I mean, really, what do they do with it? Where does it go? I mean, does it, does it, do, you, do they go to the bank and say, okay, I got a check from the America and all the stupid taxpayers. Where, okay, I'm going to cash a check for $60 billion and divvy it out. The second well, question, can't, can't the House... Can't the House vote this down and it goes nowhere? Those are my two questions. Yeah, it looks like the House is going to vote it down, uh, but uh, eventually they're going to give the money away. Where do they give the money? Well, your money going to Ukraine is literally paying the salary of politicians over there, among other things. Uh, Then other money is simply being used to buy arms and ammunition, uh, and it's sort of uh, in lieu of the money, here's you know, this is the money that uh, that you're getting, but we're going to give you the arms and ammunition, and we'll make that trade. We don't know where all the money is going. Nobody is doing an accurate uh, report on that. However, Dennis, for your sake, I've got the, the vice president of the United States to explain the yeah. Ukraine. Uh, so uh, do pay yeah. attention here. country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So, basically, that's wrong. There you go. You got it? Well, thank thank God she's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dennis, Did she not, for, didn't she say that? Yeah. we Didn't you hear us talking about that earlier? I heard that, moron. I heard her. All right. You well, just say say that. You just saved some money because we thought for a minute you weren't listening to the whole program, and that would have cost you. All right, uh, dog. I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out and get a twenty dollar hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna go to McDonald's for a Big Mac, huh? All right, Dennis. Uh, thank no. you. All right, thanks, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate it. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. It that's you go get two <clears throat> two meals from McDonald's. You get uh, quarter pounder, Big Mac. Two orders of fries and a couple of diet colas, you're going to spill over twenty bucks. I I can re- can you remember when you could buy a hamburger at McDonald's for like twenty five cents? <laughs> no, but you can. <laughs> I'm just going to go to the phones and talk with Tom. Tom, good morning. Good morning. I can remember fifteen cent McDonald's. I remember a, a commercial that they uh, promoted. A family of four could go to McDonald's, hamburger, fry, and a drink for $2.50 and have change left over. That's how old I am. Uh, The reason I I called was, uh, you know, for the past year or so, economists seemed very befuddled by um, some of the uh, figures that are coming out. The economic indicators uh, leave these people scratching their head. And I have a I have a theory, uh, 
and uh, I have nothing other than uh, logic and a little personal uh, experience with uh, some of the migrants that I drive. I'm an Uber driver to base this on. But if you recall, they uh, recently came out with the understanding that November through January, um, employment figures were overestimated by nearly half a million. Yep. All right. Well, if uh, people work and they work hard that I run into, and if they're the ones getting one job or two, and some of them do, maybe many, I don't know. um, I wonder how that skews the employment figures. And to that extent, uh, with the monies that have been pumped into the economy by the government, it's no wonder that the economy appears falsely to be growing. Does that make sense? It makes sense. And, and yes, the part-time job does uh, does affect uh, the employment numbers. This last report did not add up. I looked at it six ways from Sunday. Something is really wrong with it. You're right. They have re, uh, they've recalculated uh, uh, past employment numbers and lowered them. Uh, because they're inaccurate, and you're also right that you know shoving all that money into the economy has created a situation that's unlike anything we've seen before. And so uh, economists are befuddled and don't know uh, exactly what direction we're headed. Tom, I know what direction I'm headed. In three seconds, I got to go because uh, we got a commercial break. Thank you for the call, Gary Nolan Zimmer Radio Network. It's 24 minutes after 10 o'clock. Jennifer Bukowski at 10:35. What did she see when she looked at that report from her on uh, on the president? Uh, with her criminal defense background, it'll be interesting to see what she has culled from that. And uh, Brian, do you remember when the uh, the the federal government uh, asked permission to take your money to try to find out what you should eat? Do you remember when they when they asked asked you that? Uh, no, I, I I don't remember that. Uh-uh. Okay, so it's not just me. No. Oh. Apparently, they, uh, they're going to spend $190 million to try to find out <laughs> what you should eat. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding you, people. This $190 million of taxpayer money. Yes. Find out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, they have a biomedical center. And uh, they've got these people eating different types of meals. Uh, frosted flakes and tater tots. Uh, and in the meantime, they are hooked up to an IV. And the government is trying to figure out, you know, what the effect is on your body. Uh, and they've got uh, 500 Americans who will be living at scientific facilities around the country for six weeks, eating precisely selected meals and undergoing hundreds of medical tests. Uh, the study costs $189 million, one of the most ambitious nutrition research projects from the National Institute of Health <laughs> that, they, that has ever been undertaken. And if it succeeds, they say it could help Americans eat healthier and cut through years of confusion about nutritional guidance. Well, where did we get all that uh, nutritional guidance that was so... Oh, it was was the food pyramid, wasn't it? (laughs) Um, It was the federal government. Um, So they said that uh, chronic diseases linked to our diets are on the rise. Conflicting advice hasn't helped. 
Remember the low-fat craze, the Wall Street Journal writes, um, and, and has resulted in little improvement in our health. Percentage of U.S. adults 20 and over with obesity is 41.9%, according to the CDC. Um, that is up, by the way, from 30.5% in 1999 to 2000. 15% of American adults have diabetes, up from 10.3%. Well, maybe that's all the carbohydrates the federal government was telling us to consume, all the refined carbohydrates. So they're going to ultimately involve 10,000 participants in total. And uh, they will monitor your blood. They'll uh, hook you up to a, th- a device so they can check your breath. Um, and if all goes according to plan, in a few years, you'll be able to walk into your doctor's office, get a few simple medical tests, answer some questions about your health and lifestyle, and they will give you a personalized diet. So for a couple of hundred million dollars, we can afford it. Well, yeah, not only that, but the federal government and the CDC have been so accurate and so good with their advice over the years. Oh, yes. That this is uh, a worthwhile... I trust them implicitly. Don't yeah. you? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, you you do trust the CDC, don't you? Uh, no, uh, uh-uh. no, no. I don't. But trust the way they handled COVID, any I would, of the government. The way they handled COVID, I would think that you'd be in the tank for them. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't remember them asking. I don't know where it became the federal government's. Where in the Constitution does it say we'll take money out of people's pockets and and study diets? That's part of the Good and Welfare Clause. Yeah. This is that where it's hiding. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I see. All, all things hide in that little clause. What a what a handy little it clause is. that is. It comes out from yeah, time when, to time. When you're getting the money, it's Santa Claus. Uh, all right, Randy says, uh, do you know the last time Democrats ever fixed anything? And he answered his own question. He said, never. Good morning, Gary. I hear the news reporting that they are trying to impeach Homeland Secretary. I thought the vice president with all of her intelligence and knowledge was appointed border czar. How come she's not accountable? Uh, because she's an idiot, I guess. I, I do think it's a mistake to start impeaching cabinet members. I, I think impeachment should be rare. It's for high crimes and misdemeanors. I don't think he's guilty of that. And I think what this is going to do is set a precedent. So that when you get a Republican in the White House and their cabinet member does something the Democrats don't like, this is how they'll respond. Why don't Republicans learn these things? I, I just, it's going to be a, a mistake that we'll have to uh, worry about from here on out. It's going to be the go-to response. Um, all right, uh, let's see. We got uh, Jennifer Bukowski in just a few minutes. And she's looked at that, her report, and taken a lot of notes. From her criminal mind. Can I say that? That sounds terrible, doesn't it? Her criminal mind. We'll find out what she found out next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 
1035, glad to have you with us. Jennifer Bukowski is going to be on in a few minutes. Brian, what was that first caller's question? He wanted to know... Um, Why Mayorkas should not be impeached? Correct. Uh, or, or due to the it? fact that he is allowing, you know, thousands of people yeah. to flood the border, All right. how is that not All an right. impeachable offense? Because it's not a high crime and misdemeanor. Just because he's lousy in his job or doing it badly... Uh, whether a direction of the administration or not is not grounds for high crimes and misdemeanor. Uh, and so if you if you impeach him, then you're telling the Democrats anytime they don't like the job that a Republican cabinet member is doing, you can impeach that cabinet member, too. It you know, it, if you think he's doing a lousy job, I, you know, that's fine. But it's not a high crime and misdemeanor. And we got to quit throwing impeachment around like it's just, a you know, buying a dozen eggs. It's not a good idea. Uh, Jennifer Bukowski will be with us in just a second. Uh, but let me get Amanda in on the food study. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. I Yes, the food study is um, frustrating to me. Um, I know you talked about, um, like, uh Diabetes is an illness, and I think I speak for several thousand um, type 1 diabetes, is that it really irks me when people uh, group type 1 and type 2 in the same category. They are two very different things, and type 1 is, it cannot be changed, and it is not brought on by food, and so it just really bugs me. I was just recently diagnosed as an adult um, with type 1 diabetes because my pancreas is shutting down, and so... There's no reversing it like I could with other foods. So I just wanted to voice my opinion. It just really irks me when everyone kind of combines them all in the same thing. Yeah, if you have type 2 diabetes, you can affect your diet uh, and perhaps not. You, so I assume you need insulin shots? I do. I just recently, actually a year ago, got put on insulin. Um, full time, I'm on a pump now. But, um, yeah, there's no reversing it. My pancreas is shut down, so... All right. Totally different than type 2. <laughs> All right, so. Amanda, thank you. Thank you. All right, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, yeah so the uh, the government's... Uh, if she, what she's calling about is that the uh, government has decided they're going to spend like $150 million of your dollars in order to uh, study diets because uh, the CDC has so effectively, uh, uh, you know, handled other emergencies like, oh, say, the China flu... Uh, it makes sense that we'd give them $150 million to come up with a diet. Well, they Someone have to. to. Because you're, you're too, too stupid. stupid. Yeah, where is that in? It's not in the Constitution. They don't have the right to take your money to spend it on this. They have no right. This is nothing, this is nothing to do with governance. It's just not their job. And if they get it wrong, uh, the whole country will be exposed to it and think, oh, well, th they've... They're the uh, the final say so. They're the ones uh, you know that that will have the biggest impact. And if it's negative, we're all in trouble. And I think they were with the food pyramid. They were wrong with that all along. And I think that's caused a lot of the obesity problem that we have. All right, special counsel hers report. What does Jennifer Bukowski, brilliant criminal defense attorney, what does she think of that report? What did she gain by reading it? Because apparently she took a lot of notes. We're going to find out right now. Jennifer, good morning. Good morning, Gary. I'm flipping through this legal pad full of notes that I've taken on this report so far, and it seems very clear to me that Biden knew exactly what he was doing. He was willfully retaining classified information. 
he went to all these meetings and took notes on this like four by seven index cards, but he also kept notebooks and in the notebooks stuffed classified documents. And this was an ongoing issue in his office where he'd get these binders or briefing books every day. And there'd be staff that would be trying to collect them back because they contain classified information and having these procedures like don't leave them on this circle table because, you know, that's out in the open and it's not a secure place. It needs to be in the safe or in your, on your possession, Mr. Vice President. He willfully ignored that and he would not let the staff recollect like 30 different books at one point. They had to have yet another meeting with him. And uh, there was a big fight towards the end of the administration because he had made copies of all these note cards that he had taken from every single secure meeting with the president. He wanted to write a book, Gary. That's his whole driving force behind it because he thought he was right about the troop surge being the wrong thing in Afghanistan. That was one thing. And he wanted to go down in history as being right about this foreign policy thing. So he's got you know notes on troop movements, all this kind of stuff. And uh, they finally were like, no, you can't take these note cards. Well, he told uh, his ghostwriter on a recorded interview, they don't know that I have these, meaning the notebooks he had that were filled with verbatim, like writing down of classified information, plus he stuck classified papers in them. And uh, so he gave it up on the note cards. He visited the note cards in a skiff because they finally convinced him you're not allowed to keep these. But willfully retain these notebooks even though he knew he wasn't supposed to have them it's ridiculous like uh, he's on a recorded tape in 2017 he's no longer vice president saying i just found all this classified stuff downstairs and unlike trump where trump at one point is on a tape saying well this is a classified thing with general milley's plan or whatever that i have here where he wanted to attack biden's reading reading from classified documents and stuff to his ghostwriter on a recorded interviews that, by the way, the ghostwriter deleted once a special counsel was appointed, but he kept the ver- near verbatim transcripts of all his meetings with Biden, and they were able to recover the recordings. Uh, so this is just like quite extraordinary, but of course, the big headline that we've all heard about is how the special counsel found that he was just a doddering old man that a jury wouldn't convict. I think the reason he had to stretch that far to say why not to prosecute was because it's obvious based on the facts as they're describing them that he did willfully retain all this stuff uh, despite being told by his staff again and again, you can't keep these materials. He flouted that because he's got an MO of finding himself about the law. They go, I won't get in trouble. But he's leaving them, like, in all these, like, in a a wooden file cabinet, all this stuff. He's got stuff from 1977 and 1991 with classified markings on it from his time as Senate when they went and searched his house. Yeah, I'm I'm a little, Jen, 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 hold on, hold on. I'm a little confused about that last part. I, I think as vice president, he might be able to take classified material out of, outside of a skiff. But as a senator, didn't he violate the law the moment he took secret documents outside the skiff? I mean, one would assume so. And, like, that's the thing. They're not really given an opportunity to take stuff out of the skiff when they're senators. They can go in and review stuff and then have to leave. Uh, But 
I think that some of these were from trips that he had taken abroad and things, and so maybe that's why he was able to hoard these documents from 19... Like, my entire life, this guy's been keeping classified documents, and Special Counsel Her at one point says, there's no... Uh, as part of why not to prosecute, there's no other case that's comparable except for Trump. <laughs> as for uh, charging someone with this. But here's the thing. They only, and they said, but unlike Trump, he cooperated. He cooperated because he knew that they were about to search Mar-a-Lago and indict Trump. That's the only time he started cooperating. He's been doing this since 1977. Have you ever heard a prosecutor say, uh, we've got the evidence, but the witness is is just going to be viewed as a, a you know kindly old man and probably won't get a um, a conviction. So let's just pass on the whole thing. I mean, certainly the prosecutors use their discretion, but on a case like, and I don't know that I agree with I don't agree with charging Trump with the Mar-a-Lago stuff. You know, I just don't think it's worth it. Both Trump and Biden both had this thought that those materials belonged to them because Reagan kept all of these notebooks and that was fine apparently but then they had a presidential records act so it's really not anyway uh, yeah but it, if um, but it's just it's just strange that that's where they go like if hey you can say yeah basically this person is at the end of their life anyways they've got cancer they're not going to make it what's the point you know I've seen that but uh, yeah, but in this case, I mean, I think the reason he went there is because because uh, they had the facts to show that he had willfully done this. Yeah, well, in this case, they're just saying it'd be hard to convict him because he comes across like a you know a, a kindly old man. Yeah, well, with that's... bad memory problems. Elderly know. man with a poor memory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they interviewed him, and he was his memory was poor during that. But it was also poor in like night in like 2017 on these recorded tapes with the ghostwriter. He's having memory problems. Yeah, but at least the transcripts. Like they have transcripts of this stuff. I know that it contains classified stuff, so maybe you can't release them all. But you could release portions that led you to conclude that. He would be basically not, I mean, some people have been saying, oh, he'd be found not competent in science trial. I don't know if he went that far. He went and said that he didn't think they could convict beyond a reasonable doubt because basically I guess the jury would nullify. I don't know. Or just think that, oh, he just forgot. But, I mean, looking at these facts, it looks clear to me that he's willfully flouting these rules by keeping these notebooks and these other classified documents, even though he knows he's not supposed to have them, because he wanted the convenience of being able to reference them. They're very important to him. He referenced them all the time for go to read his ghostwriter for this book because he wanted his, his legacy was more important to him than, you know, the security of the country. And then he has the audacity of saying, how careless can you be when it's announced about the Mar-a-Lago thing with Trump? Where, Mar where the documents were, according to the indictment in the Mar-a-Lago thing, were, were way more secure, in my opinion, than the various damaged boxes in the garage and everything else that they found these classified documents with uh, Joe Biden. Well, when I had my Corvette, I used to keep all of my money uh, in the garage uh, right next to the Corvette because uh, that made it safer. It was a locked garage, you know. 
Well, I have, yeah, except when it's open, when your son, drug addict son is driving your Corvette. Uh, I have, would you keep it in a damaged box? My, my, my money? Oh, yeah, sure. It would be safe. It, it, it nobody. So anyway, it would broke into the garage. They would have that seen. Would be nosy and flip open that lid or anything of the box if you. Yeah. Well, look, it, anybody that broke in, uh, maybe to steal the money, uh, they would see the Corvette and they would be sidetracked, and then nobody would ever, uh, nobody would ever know the money was there. It, it would be safe, just as safe as it could be. That's all it takes. And so ridiculous. When he was vice president, they go through like he had these naval guys that were like basically butlers or something that are taking care of him. He's got the bag man. He's got all these people with security clearances that have procedures in place to like handle this stuff. But when he's out as a private citizen, there's none of that. Like there's no one like watching out to make sure if there's classified stuff laying out in the open like there was when he was vice president that it gets put away or, you know. Cat knows what kind of nosy people Hunter had over or whatever else to the beach house or wherever these things were that took a look-see at everything. Well, we got to take a look-see at some ads because Brian is, well, he's greedy. He wants to run commercials and make money. So we'll do that and we'll come back with Jennifer Bukowski and uh, we'll talk about, uh, among other things, John Stewart. He's back on the Gary Nolan Show. 1053, Jennifer Bukowski, our guest, a uh, brilliant criminal defense attorney and uh, sometime fill-in talk show host. And she is on board talking about, among other things, the uh, uh, counsel hers report. Is there anything else about hers report that you need to point out? Because I think we've covered pretty much uh, all the ground, including the fun part. Uh, where he starts the conversation about the mental fitness of the president. Yeah, that that part is unbelievable. One thing I don't know if I mentioned though is this ghostwriter when the it was announced that a special counsel was appointed deleted the recorded conversations with the vice president. Yeah, and on the, the page of what thirteen. It says that we don't think that they could prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he will fully inter- try to interfere with an investigation. Uh, hello. The guy found out there's an investigation, so he deleted the thing. That's willfully interfering. Well, how can you say that you're well, not going to prove beyond a reasonable doubt? And Walt Natua is co-indicted with Trump down in the Mar-a-Lago case for carrying around boxes. I just don't understand how you could actually say that when you're well aware of you know, the double well, standard. Well, did, did, did uh, her tell him uh, to save all the information? Uh, nobody told him to save it. He's certainly not obligated to, is he? Yeah, well, when he's heard that there's an investigation into this very thing, and he knows that there's conversations in the president reading classified information on tape, and he has those tapes, and he decides to delete them to avoid the feds getting them, yes. I mean, that's willfully interfering with an investigation. I, You're deleting I, evidence that you know you have that they'll want. I don't think any reasonable because prosecutor it, would bring such a case, though. No, no. Is, is that, wait a minute. Was that, uh, was that the head of the FBI talking? Oh, I'm sorry. I think, uh, this is another, another case. This is a Republican, so go ahead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so go ahead. So they're All bankrupting right. Trump's guy, but not Biden's ghostwriter. Okay, that's fair. All right, listen, uh, we got to move on because uh, there's a lot on the table uh, that we have to cover. Uh, John Stewart is back. You watched him, huh? I did, yep. He's going to be back once a week because the show's been tanking 
in his absence the past nine years. And he went after both uh, candidates for president in his opening monologue, which is entitled Indecision 2024 Electile Dysfunction. It was 20 minutes long, but I did uh, point out one clip for Brian to play. It's All right, well, let's, let's play that, Mr. Hansen. President Biden, who I've been around uh, numerous times just in this last year, is sharp, he's focused, he's bright. He is sharp, intensely probing, and detail-oriented and focused. This is a man who is sharp, who is on top of his game, who knows what's going on. He's smart. He's on his game. I was in almost every meeting with the president, and the president was in front of and on top of it all, coordinating and directing leaders who are in charge of America's national security, not to mention our allies around the globe. Did anyone film that? <laughs> because if you're... If you're telling us behind the scenes he is sharp and full of energy and on top of it and really in control and leading, you should film that. <laughs> that would be good to show to people instead of a TikTok where he goes... Stuart <laughs> uh, went after him for the press conference where, you know, he he makes some mistakes and then bumbles off stage, but then comes back and fouls things up even more after this report came out. Uh, you know, it is, it is interesting, Gary. I think that all the people surrounding him have, like, led him into this misbelief that he is on top of things, so he insisted on that press conference and it was, I've heard this described and I think it's apt as an emperor's new clothes moment. Like, oh, all the people are like, oh yeah, yeah, you're great. It's good, Mr. President. And then he gets out there and everyone's like, seriously, this is your response to this report that's saying that you're too old and senile to be charged with the classified documents thing? So he was, <laughs> he's convinced by them that he is okay and then, uh, it does the press conference. I think so. I think he overruled them, and he went out there, and he wasn't prepped, and then he just made himself look even worse. Oh, what a mess. What a mess. All right, listen, uh, Nikki Haley uh, and her husband both focus of attention here, so we're going to find out what Jennifer has to say about that, uh, and uh, also uh, Fanny, uh, or Fanny, uh, whatever, Apparently, uh, she might she might end up being prosecuted. We'll chat about that with Jennifer Bukowski next on the Gary Nolan Show. This is the Gary Nolan Show 